you're listening to Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. Guys, go on iTunes and leave a positive comment. Positive comments are the best way for people to learn about the podcast. And if you hate us, leave a negative comment. I don't care. Comments help people find out about the podcast. So go on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher and SoundCloud. I am here with a very special guest. She is a regular now, I think, on Out of the Box Podcast. And uh, she's been on the podcast previously. She's an LGBT rights activist, a fiction author, and now a nonfiction author. Yeah. <laughs> Davina Katolsky. Davina, how are you? Hey, Rosie. I'm great. It's so wonderful to be here again. Thank you for inviting me back for a third time. I really well, appreciate it. Well, I keep it. inviting you back because you keep creating all these amazing things and doing so many amazing things. So let's talk Thank about you. your new book, It's Never Too Late to Be Yourself. Yes, It's Never Too Late to Be Yourself, Follow Your Inner Compass, and Take Back Your Life. This is a book I've been working on for probably about six years, and it is a compilation of my work as a psychologist, a life coach, and a spiritual counselor. I kind of think of it as a coach or a therapist in a book, and it brings together all the things that I've learned over my over 20 years of working with people to how to you know create change in your life in a way that's meaningful and and lasts and is really authentic to who you are because we can make all kinds of changes. You know, we can rearrange the the chairs on the the, the deck of the Titanic. <laughs> But, you know, if we don't actually do the changes that are really important to us and come from our authentic essence, then we're just kind of wasting our time and and, um, and not... It's superficial change. It's totally superficial. Yeah. Um, well, I would say, actually, this book has been more than six years in the making. It's maybe been a lifetime. Yeah, I would think so, too. It's like, um, this book is a, really about um, how I've learned to, and what I teach other people, is how to how to be yourself, how to just, you know be your authentic self and be courageous in this world because the world needs courageous people. They do. And I think it's really, really important that you're talking about being your true self because unfortunately, you know, a lot of people would say, well, how can I be anyone else but myself? But that's not true. You know, society and our belief systems and our upbringing, sometimes they can put, create us to create masks, yes, right? A lot of people absolutely. wear masks. Let's talk about that. Yeah, well, and how that prevents us from being our, our authentic self. Great, great point. So from the time that we're young, uh, we learn that um, we are affirmed for certain behaviors and, you know, and, and uh, shamed for other behaviors. And so we learn early on from our parents, from people around us, what to talk about, what to not, how, you know, what, what we should edit ourselves from speaking about, how to behave, What's quote unquote appropriate. Exactly, what's appropriate. Yeah. And so early on, you know, we start to put on those mental shackles that then keep us in our place. This is true for everybody, but you know, especially like if you're a woman, there's, there's different messages we mm. get as women. Um, if you're a person of color, there's a whole, you know, you're, you're kind of carrying the mantle of, of everybody in your group. There's an expectation that you should be a certain yes. way. If you're LGBT, same thing, like don't be this, don't be that. So there's all these ways in which we're told of what are acceptable ways to express ourselves, whether it be around joy or happiness or freedom or emotions like sadness or anger, you know. Men Boys allowed, don't cry. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Men are allowed to express <laughs> anger, but not sadness. Girls are allowed to be sad, but not angry. And so, you know, all of those things take a toll on our lives. What we're interested in, if you like art, you know, in, in some families, you might be encouraged for, you know, being creative. In other families, you might be discouraged. Oh, that's not realistic. You know, get something realistic. Exactly. Yeah, and you're discouraged. Exactly. I think that's really important. I remember, you know, myself being 12 years old and and I, I really think racism and gender and other things like that are heavily either taught or influenced. Yes. I remember playing with all the kids 
you know, everyone played together, every race, every ethnicity. All of a sudden, everyone turned 12 and they started becoming aware of their quote unquote identity. Mm. And I remember, you know, black kids that I would play with. Well, I wasn't cool anymore because I wasn't black or I wasn't whatever. Uh-huh. And and I, I thought, well, what's happening? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's so much there's so much pressure to uh, conform to to what your identity. The, right. To your yeah. identity, to, to social expectations, to religious expectations, to cultural expectations. And all of those expectations, all of those voices from society become internalized. And even when there's not somebody standing there saying those things to you, we now walk around with those tapes and we play those tapes over and over again, shaming ourselves, um, you know, restricting ourselves in certain ways so that we will quote unquote belong so that we'll be appropriate so that we'll be successful like sometimes we're afraid to be ourselves because if we're expressive or we're ourselves in certain ways um, you know people will say well you're not going to be successful and and so we learn early on to not speak our truth and I'm not saying go around and be a total jerk that's that's not what I'm saying but like really saying our truth speaking our truth doing our truth and and then when we get into love relationships right romantic partnerships mm-hmm. we start to edit ourselves because we want to be loved and cared for and well this person if that if I'm real with them they're going to run away if they exactly. see all my flaws they're going to run away when actually you want someone who's going to see and love your flaws and accept them. Absolutely, right. And and when we're vulnerable, when we're authentic, we're actually more powerful and we're more at home with ourselves. And that's the most important thing is that we're at home with ourselves because when we're not at home with ourselves, we're more stressed out, we're more likely to you know have health issues. Our relationships aren't going to work anyway. Like my friend uh, Marcos, who I write about in the book, um, he was, you know, tried to be straight forever. He uh, grew up in a very religious community in Brazil. To make his family happy or whatever. family happy, yeah. right. And then he became uh, a minister, a Seventh-day Adventist uh, pastor in Brazil, one of the biggest um, churches in Brazil. And he kept trying to fix himself to not be gay. He got married, he had kids. And, um, and when he finally, when somebody outed him, finally, it was the first time in his life that the that he knew that the people that were still in his life loved him because they loved the real Marcos. Not, not some image. Not, not some, some image. Yeah. And that changed his life to be loved for exactly who he was, not somebody he was trying to pretend to be. Correct. Now, I think, you know, you're talking about following your inner compass, becoming yes. who you are, but it sounds like it's more of a remembering who you are. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Right. We, we all have this essential nature. We're all divine, right? We're, we're all born in the image and likeness of the divine presence. But what happens is that we forget that. Um, you know, children, they're, they're just so lovely and imaginative and, and um, joyful. But again, over time, we get all these layers of, of guilt and shame and, uh, and self-doubt. And so we forget our true essence, right? We forget that our true essence is actually joyful. Our true essence is playful. But, you know, later, and I'm watching it with my bonus sons that I have, that they hit a certain point and they start being like, well, that's not cool. And they don't want to play with certain things or talk, you know, like yeah. it's suddenly like, well, that's, you know, that's I want to be cool. I want to be cool. Yeah. So you start disowning parts of yourself to try to fit in. Yeah. Your playfulness, your, your just, your inner joy that wants to come out, your silliness, like everybody wants to have their stuff all together and look perfect. And, and again, we, you know, we also live in Los Angeles, which is a town that is very focused on appearance and Image, how yep. are you presenting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but being able to be silly and playful and also quiet and still sometimes. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it can start for some people really, really young 
Um, but I think for most of us, you know, maybe our teen years where we were trying to figure out where we fit in into society yeah. and, you know, for a lot of people, so their twenties and stuff like that. But I love the idea that it's never too late. Right. That's very important because I'm sure your friend Marcos was older. He mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, a young kid and he was reinventing himself as himself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really important because it's, it's so, you know, you don't want to go to the grave living a lie. No. You don't. And I think that's why so many people have what we call midlife crises or, oh, you know, absolutely. midlife events yeah. where suddenly you're reassessing your life. You're looking at everything. Okay. You know, I did this, I climbed this ladder. I created this. Was it know, worth it? Was it me? Exactly. Right. Right. Is this the life I want to keep living? And so, um, that's an important time where people stop and they reflect and, you know, so sometimes it's a midlife crisis. Other times it's, uh, you know, a, an illness or a divorce. Um, sometimes, you know, there's so many crises going on these days environmentally with people losing their homes from fires, from hurricanes and whatnot. Um, and so things can be foisted upon us. And then it's like time to like stop and think, what, where, where's my heart leading me? What do I really want? What do I really want to intentionally create? Am I intentionally creating my life or am I just following the Joneses? Correct. And I think there's unfortunately a lot of that. There's so many factors and, you know, unfortunately there's a billion dollar industry, multiple billion dollar industries trying to tell us we're not good enough. Yes. We need this product. We need to consume X, Y, and Z to be whole, perfect, or complete, or be who we really want to be. And a lot of people, unfortunately, really buy into that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think uh, oh, it's just like watching the pressure with kids these days. Um, I know it's awful. You know, uh, sort of the the obsession. I, I'm watching this with parents and kids that if their kids don't have the the most updated cell phone or if they don't have whatever video game it is it's like well they're they're going to be judged they're going to be outcasts they're not going to belong and so there's there's just um, a way that that as parents even we're we're foisting this stuff on our our kids even around their recreation and technology and i, I don't know it's and not just that but i mean all of the classes you know i have relatives that are their kids are scheduled to the you know to the the T right they, they're it's soccer they're at this they're at that because they don't and th- you know they're trying to force their kids to become like Instagram models and they're yeah, <laughs> and it's like absolutely. it's too much and and then I have another f- friend who it, you know is broke has absolutely no money and she's struggling to send her kid to this $30,000 a year preschool because she's so afraid that if he doesn't get the head start he's going to be behind and it's it's almost madness yeah it's this obsession with having the perfect kid or the kid that's not good and not letting that child become authentically who they are and explore and and make mistakes that's part of being a child exactly right and I I think because of all the social media um, so many people do feel like they have to be perfect and kids you see it younger like they don't want to they only want to do things if it's if they're perfect at it because they're watching all the YouTube channels and different things and and they just see people they see kids doing something perfectly so they don't want to try it at all because unless they can master it unless they can be perfect at it so there's like a lack of patience um but so yeah so the book is it's never too late to be yourself follow your inner compass and take back your life and part of it is uh you know how important it is right now for us to get quiet and to return to our essence so that we can check in and go well is this is this my authentic truth is this what i actually want or is this something that I've, you know, my mom wants, my dad wants, my, you know, my preacher, whoever. Exactly. Right. Right. Something that's like a Pavlovian conditioned response. (laughs) 
Um, and so, you know, what, what we know time and time again is that when we slow down, when we, you know, turn off the technology, when we go out into nature, mm. when we walk, um, when we stop and smell the flowers, when we meditate, all of those practices of, of stillness and, and, you know, slowing down and connecting with ourselves, that's when we can get clear on, well, what's my voice? What does my inner voice want? Where, where do I want to be? Because again, there's so many things we've been told to want and value. We're constantly being programmed by the television of what to eat, what to buy. We're constantly being manipulated, you know? So Pavlovian <laughs> theory is alive and well, right? It's, it's what's happening every uh. day for us. Um, and, and we're constantly being advertised to. So our job is to get quiet and check in and say, well, what really is my truth? What, you know, do I need all of this? Or do I, or, or what do I, where do I want to be? Do I want to live here? Do I want to live here? Um, is, you know, do I need to climb the social ladder or will I be happier doing something more simplistic? And when we're in this world right now where consumerism is actually leading to climate change and, and, and well, let's talk, let's planet. talk about that because yeah. scientific research after scientific study after scientific study shows that this massive consumerist lifestyle yeah. and this massive technological lifestyle and this massive um and fame and money and all of these things that we're striving for every scientific study has shown it doesn't lead to happiness right right we, we are no happier we're than no happier anybody else with than all anybody money, else with all our technology exactly in fact you know so many of us are on antidepressants yes and many people are unhappy with their jobs and you know there's uh let me just give you a, a quick quote here about how serious it is. Um, just in the United States alone, let's see if I can, sorry, let's see if I can find it here. Um, mm -mm -mm. Sorry, I should have been a little more prepared here. <laughs> Darn it. That's okay. You're being good. You have actual statistics, statistical I evidence. I do, but where did they go? Oh boy. Well, you might have you'll to, have to buy the book you'll have to buy the book <laughs> sadly i cannot find it yeah i don't know all right well it's a high it's a high amount it's a high amount it's a high amount of people completely unsatisfied with their jobs on antidepressants in the united states um unhappy in their relationships and it's because we are not connected to ourselves we need to get reconnected to ourselves no this is the out of the box podcast it's a show about alternative points of view it's definitely not a religious show however if you do have a religious practice it sounds like getting connected with yourself and a higher power possibly yeah absolutely and i, I think that when you're quiet and still that's when you can connect with your higher power and you can listen to to what that guidance is that intuition, that inner compass, which is which is the heart spirit connection, the heart and soul connection. Yes. And um, and so, yeah. So when we slow down and allow ourselves to be present again, we can get clear on what really matters to us. And um, and I think that that when if we're going to save ourselves and we're going to save the planet, we need to be intentional. We need to really be intentional and conscious. And I think that. Um, you know, there's a lot of powers that be that would love us for to for us to go unconscious, and to. Um, I think the majority of the money making powers that be wa want us to be unconscious and love yeah. drama and love us not knowing what's really going on because the happier you are, you don't need anything outside of yourself. That's right. You can be content for long periods of time, just enjoying the sunset. You know, enjoying nature. And I think there's also a desire for us to 
to not value that anymore so that we can, you know, um, purchase so that we're, we're better consumers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because, uh, you know, it's like, again, watching young people, a sunset's boring compared to an iPad, you know, who cares about, (laughs) yeah, right. Who cares about trees or nature or anything like that or the ocean or the world or even, you know, live animals. I have YouTube. (laughs) Right. If you can be on virtual reality or whatever. Correct. And it's also a good escape, which takes you more outside of yourself. Yeah. And more addicted to that. And also there's many studies about the dopamine and the obsession with the technology and the, the high. It's almost a drug addiction. I love that there's a metaphor use of the compass. Yeah. Because our emotional bodies have all of the information that they need. And a lot of times in society, we go against our gut feelings. Yeah. Right. And there's a whole chapter on that. Um, what happens when you go against your gut and, um, and you know, people get hurt. We don't want to listen to our gut. We oftentimes um, will have a gut feeling about something, but we don't want to break a social contract. So or we will go- Or a social norm or some that's type right. of, yeah. So we'll go through with something. I tell, in the book, I tell about a story about how um, I, there was a massage place that I would go to and you know get regular um, therapeutic massage. For years, I was going to this place. And one day I, you know, you pay ahead of time, right? And one day I was going and there was, somebody knew and I heard a voice inside my head that said um turn around like leave Hmm. and I was like what the heck and something inside of me was saying do not go through with this massage and I thought well that's the weirdest thing and like why is why am I getting this gut instinct to not do this and um, and I ignored it and I got on the massage table and this woman worked on me and it felt like she was pulling my arm out of the socket oh my gosh and I screamed never screamed in a massage before. <laughs> I was like, I was like, ow. And she's like, you know, whatever. And I said, uh, she was, I'm just doing this. I'm like, well, if you do that again, I said, I, I said, I'm going to hit you or I'm going to get up and leave. <laughs> like, like that really hurt. And she didn't care. She didn't even say like, oh, I'm sorry that hurt. You she got was, the vibe from her. You got the energy. Yeah. The vibe. Yeah. And I got up and after the massage was over and I went downstairs and I tipped like I always do. Like and you social have. norm. Yes. No, but it was this weird. I was like, just, well, that's what you do. And I didn't want to break the social norm. And then I went home and I had a gigantic bruise on my back oh from my it. Gosh. Like the next, you know, in a few hours, um, I went to the doctor the next day. I was in so much pain and the doctor was like, oh my God, like you, you have a serious muscle injury here and I couldn't work. And the doctor was like, you need to put in a complaint to their insurance because you've been, you've been injured. injured." Yeah. Yeah. It was, he took pictures and, um, and I went back to the place and I was like, you know, I would, I'm filing a complaint and well, this person has never had any complaints against them. I'm okay. And they're like, well, you paid, you gave a tip. And I'm like, I know, because I just was so like in a habit of doing that. And I was like, it was hard to explain. Well, why would I do that? When we talk about the (laughs) the sexual assault thing that people experience, why don't they report it? Sometimes it's just, it's so like, it just, you don't expect it. So anyway, I just asked for my money back uh, for the massage and for another massage, you know, the amount. And they gave me so much grief. And I'd been a customer there for like pretty much 15 years at the time. But I was so mad at myself because, um, my gut was telling me not to do it. And I did it anyway, because I was like, well, I'll lose 70 bucks. Or how do I explain it? Stupid or something. I mean, Davina, what you're talking about is a small example. And I'm so sorry that you went through that pain. But 
I know people that will do it for a lifetime. I have a girlfriend who I love. She admitted to me the other day that she was in a bad marriage for over five years right. because she didn't want to quote unquote be wrong. She said, I knew, she said, I knew at our wedding day, uh-huh. he was the wrong guy for me, but I didn't want to be wrong. I didn't want to embarrass myself. We mm. had this wedding planned. I didn't want to turn around. I didn't want to tell my parents. I didn't want to disappoint them. So her inner voice, her compass was saying, yeah. run, yeah, <laughs> run. run. But all of these things in society, the wedding, you know, losing face, mm-hmm. her parents. So her inner voice, if she would have gotten still yeah. and really connected the way you're telling, you know, the listeners and the readers of this wonderful book to connect is that it, she would have saved herself five years of pain and suffering. Yes. A little bit of listening to yourself, being quiet, being still can mm-hmm. save a lifetime of pain. Yeah, absolutely. And it's important. I just want to give the listeners permission. Like when you get, um, you know, when you get a gut instinct like that, you, you have your intuition is telling you uh, to, to do something, listen to it and give yourself permission to listen to it. Give yourself permission to break whatever social contract is there. There's a wonderful book called The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker, and he talks about some of that, how um, you know he looks at people who have been victimized and how they did not listen to themselves uh, because they didn't want to look uh, mean or say no or not caring or even like having things like they didn't want to look racist so mm. you know they they put themselves in a dangerous situation danger. my gut yeah. feeling told me that this guy or this girl you know was dangerous but because you know maybe they're a different ethnicity yeah. I didn't want to look yeah 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 so it's interesting so so you know and this was like I, I'm going up to this massage it's a woman I mean I didn't have any reason to be afraid of her but, but your gut told my you. gut was telling me and I wasn't listening. So if you ever get those kinds of strange things that, you know, something's telling you, break the social convention, take care of yourself, leave the situation. There's another story in the book about um, uh, a colleague of mine who was at a concert in Las Vegas and uh, suddenly she just felt tired and like she should leave. And oh, don't tell me it was the mass shooting. It was the mass shooting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And they left just moments before it happened. Let's talk about the compass because it's very important. Now, a lot of people, I would say the majority of people I meet in society in everyday life have a broken compass. Yeah. And the broken, the compass isn't broken because, you know, of it's because of, you know, something they did. It's broken because of the voices and society and other things. What are some of the ways in which we put on these masks we don't listen to our compass what is creating this this separation i guess well so i'm gonna say that i think that your compass is never broken it always works it always works (laughs) but sometimes you don't listen (laughs) well sometimes we don't know how to listen okay so so and it's and and we haven't we haven't used it and it's it's like a muscle it's um we haven't used it in a while we haven't used it sleeping (laughs) but the more the more that we do follow in our compass the more we are the the more we do it the more it works for us. So the more you rely on it and the more you follow your inner compass, the more comfortable you're going to be doing it. And it's going to, it's going to help you more. It's going to be clearer. Just like when you use your intuition, the more you, when you listen to your intuition, it's going to be there even more. So, um, but your, your, your compass is always there for you. It's It's always, it's it's always in tune. (laughs) It's always on. So how do you listen to it? Again, first thing you get quiet. You've got to have time in your day where you're not doing anything. Even if it's five or 10 minutes, you've got to just clear everything out and be still, Mm. right? And let your authentic essence, let, let that bubble up. So clearing space, 
clearing, literally clearing mental space and also clearing physical space. When we have too much stuff, too much clutter in our surroundings, as opposed to things that we are, are intentional, things that bring us joy, we can't focus. We can't hear ourselves think. So we want to declutter our lives. We want to declutter our minds. We want to declutter our spaces so that just the things that are in our spaces are the things that, that we love, that are high vibration, that we're happy with. So getting rid of stuff that's broken or getting it fixed, getting rid of things that, that don't suit you anymore, that are the old you, getting rid of things that other people gave you that you don't want, but you're keeping them because Davina, you feel guilty. I feel like you've been in my home and you've been talking to Andrew. I, I have have to tell a story about this. I have to tell a story about this because it's what you're, it's resonating with me so much. And what you're saying is so true. So I grew up in a household. My mom is a little bit of a pack rat mm. and she is into buying cheap knickknacks. Okay. So she's one of these ladies. She'll go to Walmart. She'll go to the 99 cent only store and she'll just buy all these cheap knickknacks because they're cheap and there's no purpose for them. Uh -huh. There's no intention as you're saying. Yeah. So, um, Andrew, my husband, he is very, very neat and he's a minimalist and I've been getting more and more into minimalism and the philosophy of minimalism in the yes. past few years studying it and studying about how how happy much happier you are with less stuff and less yes. clutter so you know i've been slowly getting rid of stuff to goodwill and one day about i don't know maybe a month ago i snapped i snapped Davina, <laughs> and i went through my closet uh -oh. and i g gave away about 80 percent of the things that i owned wow and I don't know why Andrew's been begging me and begging me for years. And I, I was resisting. I was mm -hmm. resisting. I said, well, what if I need this someday? Well, what mm -hmm. if I need this? And I, I was clinging and clinging on to material things, which is so silly. So I just, I snapped. He didn't prompt it. I just snapped and I just started throwing stuff in a pile. And now I have a very um, minimalistic wardrobe, but it's all stuff that I love. Yeah. It's so intentional. I love it. Yeah. And I had this severe anxiety almost when I was giving stuff away, well, what if I need it someday? Mm -hmm. What if I need it? And you know what? A lot of it was cheap knickknacky clothes. Yeah. Probably a learned behavior or belief from mm -hmm. my mother. And now all the stuff I have is, you know, it's not expensive. It's not, you know, Beverly Hills, but it's high quality and uh -huh. stuff that I wear. It's thing, it, right. So it's the, it's intentional. And everything else that you got out of your closet out is circulating and is, uh, somebody else is using it. Got someone else yeah. is using it. it yeah. There was nothing wrong with it, but it was. It was like you said, like it, it, I didn't need it and I was holding on to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that it was a metaphor um, for those old beliefs of just Absolutely. the fear. Yes. Right. What if I need it? What if, and that, and here's the crazy thing back to your compass yeah. is it wasn't even my fear. It's my mother's fear. Yeah. You're you know, carrying that. that I was carrying that her. because yes. she came from a war zone. Yeah. She's a Vietnam uh, war refugee mm -hmm. and she came from that, that trauma. Yes of well what if the communists come and take everything and we have nothing she projected that fear onto me yeah. i grew up with that and i brought that all the way into my adulthood and it wasn't even my baggage to carry right right so you healed that for your family by cleaning out your closet yes yeah and that that's so important rosie yeah that it wasn't even it my it's compass right it's not your compass <laughs> not holding someone yeah. else's compass right you've been <laughs> you took on her beliefs you were holding her anxiety her fear and now that you cleaned out your closet you face that fear, it's you done. face that anxiety, and now you have a beautiful, clean closet. I do, and I have yeah. clothes that I love. We just bought a new tea kettle this weekend, and I said, nice. throw nice. the other yeah. tea kettle in Goodwill. Yeah. And no no resistance to it. You know, before, it was like an hour argument, my poor hubby, an hour argument with him saying, you don't need this, just give it away, and me hemming and hawing and hemming and hawing. Mm -hmm. And once I let it go, it's like, 
you know what? It was baggage that wasn't even mine. It was someone else's broken compass. Exactly. (laughs) So, so when you declutter your house in that way and you let go, you let go of who you were in the past. You let go of other people's stuff like you did and it allows you to be more present. So now when you open your closet, you can listen to your, what, you know, what are the clothes that best suit me today? What do I want to wear? What, what's going to bring me joy? And that's your heart because this, this book is about bringing more joy into your life. When you're more connected to your authentic self, you're going to feel more joyful. You're going to feel more freedom. You're going to feel more spaciousness. But there's so many beliefs like what you said. You said, you know, even you mentioned it. You said giving stuff away that maybe someone else gave you. Yeah. I had a bunch of clothes in there, ex-girlfriends from work. Other people had given me mm-hmm. and it wasn't myself, Davina. It was me being afraid that they would be mad if I gave it away. Right. So we do all these codependent things. Something else things. that had nothing to do with me. Again, <laughs> not, another compass, not Rosie's compass. Right. I said, well, they'll be mad. They gave it to me and they didn't even want it. It was like clothes they didn't even want. So they were giving it to me. And I'm making up this belief yeah. that that's they're going to be mad if I give it away because they gave it to me. And that's and what we do. All these crazy beliefs, right? Yep. So that over yeah. an old t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So we're really good at being codependent, right? <laughs> and like holding on to th- old t-shirts that belong to somebody else. And we just have to give ourselves permission to let it go. Oh, thank you. That was a blessing. That was nice that they gave it. I received the energy of what was given and now I release it so that somebody else who actually wants to wear it or needs a, a shirt can go wear it. And and that's true with all kinds of stuff. I mean, just like, you know, um, I thought I was going to sell my car. I got it all cleaned up to sell, got everything out of it that, you know, just, just kept in it what I loved and what gave me joy. And it was like, I bought, it was like buying a new car. It is. like I, my car came back to life for me and I just fell in love with my car. Decluttering <laughs> yeah. is a really, really big port. So, so getting silent. So yeah. let's talk about some of these steps, yeah. these amazing steps so that people who are listening can actually follow some, some steps and maybe get some more information if they purchase the book. Step number one, get quiet. Yeah. Get quiet. Get quiet, get in nature, uh, meditate, get quiet. Um, once you've cleared mental space for yourself, then there's some questions in the book to start asking yourself, you know, like what's what really matters to me? Um, looking at your life, are these things bringing me joy? Um, we hear a lot of that because people, a lot of people I mentioned before mm-hmm. are chasing money and maybe they're not even materialistic. They've just been told if you want to be a success, you got to make a lot of money. Right. And exactly. they're miserable. Exactly. Right? Totally. So in asking yourself, am I, am I doing what I want to be doing in the world? Am I spending my time in a way that, you know, is meaningful to me or what do I want to do? What is important to me? Um, what would make me, what would I, what would bring me joy? How do I want to start my day? Um, even looking at the food that we eat, mm. the food that we eat is very much dependent on the people around us. You know, wanting to make changes in our lives. Are we are we not making those changes because we don't want to hurt somebody because we're going to, you know, somebody's going to feel upset by our choices. If we become healthier, oh will it upset our kids or our, our you know what? spouses? I'm so glad you're bringing this up. This is such a big deal because everything that we're talking about, clothes, food, lifestyle, they're so ingrained. And so that's why the changes are so hard sometimes. Yeah. Maybe you grew up in a household where cooking is such a big deal, but you're vegan or something. Right, exactly. Right? Meat is such a big deal in the family. Mm-hmm. Everything revolves around meat, fried chicken. You know, maybe they do a, a Sunday ham or something. Thing. Yeah. And you're vegan. Yeah, right. And and you have to be true to yourself. Yeah. But if you're still eating this stuff be, and pretending or being a closet vegan or whatever, <laughs> you know, you're you're not being you're not being your closet authentic vegan. self. So so it's it's getting quiet and then it's articulating what brings you joy, what matters to you. Um what 
what what do you want in your life that's not there? Are you doing the things that you want to be doing? Um, I was working with a, a client recently and they were involved in a very successful enterprise, um, but it wasn't their calling. It's just something they were could make money at and they were good at it, but it didn't bring them joy. So it was like getting back to, okay, well, what brings you joy? And then, okay, well, how do you transition into doing that in your life and trusting that that can um, also be a source of financial gain. Mm. Uh, so like, you know, like let's say somebody is, I, I love to use artists because, you know, artists are so discouraged from doing their craft. Yes. And, um, and I'm talking actors, musicians, writers. Um, Especially if you comedians. have a non-artistic family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and it's so important if that's your gift and your talent and you're here in the world to give it. Um, you know, I think of like, this, there's a woman named Chris Williamson who is really popular in like the women's music uh, movement from years ago and she was a school teacher. If she had, I'm sure she was a nice school teacher, but her music, when she started singing, it literally changed the women's music movement because she brought all this, this brand new music and this brand new way of being a musician into being kind of a precursor to Ani DeFranco, for example. And if you're not giving your gift, you know, the it dies inside of you. And you've got to, you know, like if you weren't doing comedy, like it's so important. You've got to give the gift that you were here to give. And you might have multiple gifts. It's true. And I'm glad that you mentioned and used the word, how can I transition into what's authentic for me? Because some people, maybe they are, you know, married to someone and they're in the closet or they're a vegan and their family is a meat eaters or whatever. And it's too scary for them to right. make a big change. And, and, it doesn't have to be, hey, I'm living one life and now it's another. It can be a slow transitional process exactly. of baby steps. Baby steps. And that's a whole chapter I have in the book. A whole chapter on baby steps. So if you want to make a change in your life, yes, you can do the giant leap. I have done giant leaps. They're pretty terrifying. You know? <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> and you, know, you have to have the, the muscles and the ability to be with the free fall, right? Because when you make a giant leap, it is a free fall period. And... Um, I did some of that because I'd done a lot of work with Tony Robbins and a lot yes. of other people. So I knew what I needed to do to take care of myself mentally. But when you do a giant leap, you have to be on it because you've got to, you really have to work with your psychology and not let other people's stuff come in. And it's a harder thing to do. And there's resistance. You know, and, let's just use well, yeah. the vegan example. You know, say that you're, you're vegan and your family isn't, you know, you might get snide comments here and there. You might get people saying, oh, well, you know, someone's always a vegan now or, or whatever, right. and you need to be okay with going back within mm -hmm. and saying, nope, this is my choice, thanks for sharing, and not taking these comments personal, because actually it says more about the other person than you. Absolutely, and so so while you can do the free fall, um, baby I'm not, steps are preferred. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think baby steps are great, and I'm totally advocating baby steps, because yeah, it allows you to build your muscle to be with fear as it comes up and address it, and to take those steps and be successful, because ultimately when you're making a change in your life, you don't want to make a change and then scare yourself and then go back because yes. when you're in the change process, I mean, things can happen. There's a lot, there are obstacles that show up. So if you're doing baby steps, you're building, you're building your muscle, you're building on success. And you know, like you could start, you could go from ha having a secure job to a year from now, if you take baby steps, doing open mics of music on the side that, or something, exactly, right? singing like, once a week or doing totally. maybe making a YouTube video. Right. And, yeah. and even if you go from like, um, you have a great job, 
that that's you know you don't love it but it has all those security on that benefit uh, all those great benefits but you want to make the change if you do something to build your business one step new step every week in a year from now you could have you could open your new business but you, you just want to give yourself time whatever you know whatever you need so baby steps are important um having specific goals you know and just like let's say you're overweight and you want to lose weight and you you know you're not working out at the gym hey the first couple of weeks can be just you go to the store and you start looking at workout clothes getting yourself yes. the right pair of tennis shoes right? and breaking it down into baby steps makes it more attainable and less scary exactly you know i've been trying to get my out of the box podcast on youtube so right now we're only only on soundcloud stitcher and itunes uh -huh. and you know i have over 100 episodes with amazing amazing guests so and cool. that's very daunting <laughs> <laughs> so my goal is to get one episode up on youtube a week that's perfect and new content every new week. content right new 52. content from three years ago yeah that's um, awesome but but, it is, but it's but still breaking new content. it down but breaking it down makes it more attainable because when i first had the task at hand i thought oh my god 120 plus episodes putting yeah. it online and and it, you can get overwhelmed but breaking it down into one episode well that's easy exactly exactly so whatever it is if it's a phobia you know we start out small work on that if it's wanting to make a change whatever kind of change you want to make in your life having baby steps so you know again going back to the to the gym thing like if you've never been to the gym or you want to go to the gym or it's been a long time and you've put on a lot of weight or whatever it is um you can just have some of your baby steps be you drive to the gym you park and then you drive home right so you're just getting you're just getting in a new routine used to it yeah. you get your weight you're setting your clock you're getting up you're driving there and then later you go inside or you know? getting in and doing 15 minute walk you know a lot of people think well i gotta go in there i gotta get a trainer i right. gotta be doing hard no it's just go maybe you go and you just walk in the treadmill for 15 minutes exactly exactly and and for some people they can do that in the first week for other people walking on the treadmill might be more steps so it's figuring out what's working for you and just totally not judging yourself around it just giving yourself an opportunity, whatever, wherever you set the, your steps that you, you know, you see how well you did and you don't beat yourself up if you've bitten off more than you could chew. Like I worked with somebody like, okay, I'm going to make this many art pieces in one week. And, um, we realized actually, no, you're probably not going to make that many <laughs> like, art that pieces in one week. That was a little bit ambitious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So why don't you, you know, like, let's make it so it's successful so that you actually know, don't, you know, but, but you have to set some goal to see where you're at. Like, is this, Correct. is this goal, uh, too, too aspirational right now, or is it, um, not challenging enough? And, but kind cause you want to have, yeah. you want to have success. Yeah. Well, let's talk about not judging yourself because I think that that is something a lot of us struggle with. Oh yeah. And, um, I guess, how do we differentiate the compass from the little mean voice? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> it's like the yeah. devil on one side and the little angel on the other. <laughs> yeah. So that's, and that's perfect. Yeah. Because you might get quiet and the little voice might, you know, there's the other voice, right? <laughs> totally. So, yeah. So the, the voice, um, the difference is, is that your heart is always going to move you towards joy and excitement. It's mm. if, you know, so like if you, it's always going to encourage you, hey, you, you can do this. It's going to want to move you towards things that you love and appreciate. Um, if there's fear involved, 
uh, the heart has good fear, which means that if you're about to do something that makes you, you know, uh, fearful, but it's because you're stretching yourself and it's like an excited fear. That's right? good. That's good. <laughs> that's, the that's the heart. That's the compass. Right. If it's, um, if it's a voice that's like, uh, you're going to fail, you suck. Who are you kidding? Who do you think you're, you are? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You're going to be homeless and penniless. Um, you know, you're, you're totally being stupid here. Uh, that's the mind. The mind is judging. The mind is mean. The mind is going to tell you, you can't. Um, the and, heart is, and the mind yeah. is is a thought machine. I, I think Absolutely. a lot of people don't understand that. They think a lot of people think that they're their thoughts. Their thoughts are coming from them. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you guys know anything about ego or have followed Eckhart Tolle or anything, the mind is just it's just like your heart beats and your lungs breathe. Your mind is meant to to just vomit thoughts. Absolutely. You know, like it. It's just sometimes it's just random. Yeah. Yeah. has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> yeah, right. The ego looks for things to find fault with. And, and so, it, it, yeah, it's going to look at like, oh, you weren't that good. These people are better. You're never going to make it. You know, all of those things. Whereas your your heart is going to be like, well, try. Give it a try. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a very Get good help. distinction. Very good distinction. Yeah. So let's talk about um, the genesis of this book. What made you decide to write something like this? Well, uh, I think sort of all my life, uh, being an LGBT person that, that, you know, came out, um, in the eighties in my teens, um, I had to learn to, uh, trust myself and listen to my inner voice because everyone around me was saying things like, you know, gay people are sick and sinners and child molesters and, um, should die and all that kind of stuff. And when you're hearing those things and you're realizing, okay, but I love somebody of the same sex, mm -hmm you if you you have to like find the divine with it you you have to listen is that really true um what people are saying or is that you're like wait I'm is that their agenda <laughs> right exactly you're like i'm just a nice person <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like is there something inferior about the way that i love no i love this person just like you know a, a, a guy would love his girlfriend um or a girl would love her boyfriend whatever it is and um and you and finding that um, just because things have always been a certain way doesn't mean it's right. Like slavery was always a certain way. Doesn't mean it was right. Correct. Right? Yeah. Like a um, lot of things about our past have, have been, I, I just hate that when said, so, well, that's just how things have always been. Well, that doesn't mean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, um, so knowing at a young age that, uh, that we, we co-create our own realities and, um, and that, other people have social agendas and agendas that they want to create our reality so that we'll do, we'll follow their program. But as spiritual beings and as free people, um, we have to keep unlearning what has been put on us. The conditioning. And the conditioning. Yeah. You know, and the conditioning, it, I mean, it's so pervasive. Even right now, like we're being conditioned to be terrified because when we're terrified, we want to escape, we spend more money. We smoke more pot, we drink more, um, we don't want to know what's going on. We, you know, there's uh, more apathy and less action, political action, spiritual yeah. action, action in your life. Right. We're more of a victim. We're more of a victim. And when we, um, when, when we, what they're creating is called, you know, um, incoherence, mm -hmm. for example. And when we're in a state of fear and incoherence, it actually impacts us on the cellular level. Our bodies break down. We get sicker, 
right? Mm. And who who benefits if we're sicker? <laughs> the pharmaceutical companies. There you go, right. <laughs> so when we're in coherence and we're in a place of love and trust and faith and connection and joy, we're more resilient. Our immune systems are more resilient. Our, we're, we don't need to um, populate our life with all of this materialism. We, uh, we are more creative. We're more, we have more agency to go out and go, huh, this isn't working. This is broken. Let's do something different. You know, um, it's, it's, yeah. So there's an agenda to create incoherence in us by overwhelming us with negative news. And so we have to step back. We have to get quiet. We have to be in nature. Nature is beautiful and constant. What is the power of nature? You've mentioned nature several times. I, I know the power and I enjoy the power and I love getting back to nature, but just for the listeners, you know, let me reiterate again that Davina is a certified life coach and mm-hmm. also a, a licensed psychologist. A licensed psychologist, mm-hmm. so she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> I, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a scientist, uh, however. But what I do know is that there's something called the Schumann resonance, which, when we're in nature, nature vibrates at a certain level that it's very harm. You know, it's 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 harmonious, harmonious with us. us. Yeah. yeah. And so when we're in the field of nature, or when we're quiet and being still, we're flushing out the incoherence and we're we're bringing ourselves back to coherence we're bringing ourselves back to a vibration that is um resourceful that that is good for our immune system um and that is joyful and so it this is why you know it's like people will say what's well, selfish for you to follow your dreams it's selfish for you to be an artist or or you know whatever it is but actually no it's very very um unselfish it's very giving of you're you. giving your gift you're giving your gift and when you're calm and at peace you energetically contribute to what's going on in the planet and we need more calm peaceful conscious intentional awake people we need people yes. that are paying attention to yes. what they're consuming and putting in their bodies we need people aware and awake of how they're treating the planet and how they're treating other people because there's so much chaos out there and, and a lot of it's caused from unconscious people exactly. who are not paying attention. Um, I also want to say that if someone is telling you that you're being selfish for doing something that is giving you self-love and self-care, then they might have their agenda. Absolutely. They have their agenda and they're probably also out of touch with their own self. Um, but usually if somebody is doing that, they have an agenda. They want you to be suppressed in a particular way because it benefits them somehow. And, and it could just be the benefit of then they don't have to face their own fear. Correct. Right? And and just so you know, it might it's not some greater conspiracy. On, on, in some level, some of these people are unconscious themselves. That's right. And they're like family they're, members that have exactly. an unhealed trauma. Family members and or friends who aren't necessarily trying to consciously hold you down or, mm-hmm. or they they might even say, "I'm your mother. I'm your X Y Z. I have the your best interest." That's right. And not even realize that they don't have your best interest. Exactly. And that happens, I think, a lot with parents. I've seen that, unfortunately, with a lot of parents projecting their trauma or their unmet desires on their children sometimes. Yes. Hey, I was a failed baseball player. You're going to play baseball. Exactly. Hey, I was a failed, you know, X, Y, Z. Now you're going to do this. Right. Right. And so, um, so we have to stop carrying the trauma of our parents. We have to heal the trauma. We even to, if it's an old t-shirt. Yeah, even if it's an old t-shirt. <laughs> we have to um, let our partners and spouses do their own work too. We can't make ourselves sick trying to support them. We have to be authentic to ourselves. So if that means they have to face their fear of abandonment or if they have to uh, you know, deal with the, the choices they're making uh, around you know, addiction or food or whatever it is, 
we have to still make choices that are the best for us. Um, if it means people have to be inconvenienced, right? Because we're going to wake up um, and then we're not going to do certain things for them and they've got to do it for themselves. That's fine too. Uh, but the best thing that you, the best gift you can give yourself in the world is to be awake and to be conscious and to be intentional because people who are awake and conscious and intentional, they are, it's very rare that they're, unless they have a sinister agenda, <laughs> right? Most way, awake and aware conscious people want peace. They um, want to be mindful of their consumption. They want to treat others according to the golden rule, right? And they're better. They're better people, higher integrity, higher honesty, uh, more calm, like you said. So yeah. um, productive, contributing members of society. Right. And so yeah. if we're true to ourselves and we're being authentic, our authentic selves, and again, I'm not talking about being like, well, my authentic self, you know, does this antisocial behavior. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm not even going to give examples. Well, I'm, you know, my authentic self is racist. So I'm going to go and do all this other exactly. stuff. Usually you're, you're saying that if you're being your true authentic self, it's going to be based in love, self-love and positivity. Whereas if you're, exactly. if you're having some type of racist or whatever, or antisocial behavior, you might want to look into that as maybe something you've been programmed. Absolutely. And you know, a couple of years ago, I, I came out with my book behind barbed eyes, which we talked about. It's based on my work with women in the prison. And one of the characters was a white supremacist. And she took on the mantle of white supremacy because it was learned and it was a coping skill and it, and it wasn't her authentic self. And as she was able to let go of that, uh, she was able to love herself again and be love in the world. And that, you know, that's based on actual real people that I worked with, yeah. you know. And so. I, would, I would look at children if you're confused with your inner voice because children are generally pure mm -hmm. <laughs> they haven't been tainted too bad by society yet hopefully yeah and so and so i am a, a strong believer you know a lot of people think that they teach their kids i am a strong believer that children teach us yes and that they and and it's a process of remembering and so what everything you're saying is totally in line with with what i think is true and and you know you have the information to back it um are there, we got to wrap up soon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but what, you know, any other tips or ideas for people listening or, or thoughts? Yeah. You know, if, if you feel like you are not living your truth, if you feel like you're hiding, if you feel like um, there's something you really want in your life, but you've been afraid to go after it, uh, I just invite you to give yourself permission to do that, to start being curious and start seeing where that, you know, start taking steps in that direction. Um, I encourage you to be courageous and you know the heart is the center of courage it actually courage comes from the word heart so making time to connect with your heart to slow down to listen to your heart and to really trust that when you are moving in the direction of, of your heart you're giving yourself a gift you're also uplifting the planet and we need more people on this planet that are coming uplifting from a not dragging yeah, down that's right that are uplifting <laughs> that are that are being creative that are coming from a place of love and that includes boundaries. So that's, I think that would be one more thing to say is that, um, you know, boundaries are a part of self-love and about listening to your inner compass too. So if you're giving more, if you're saying yes, when you need to say no, listen to your heart. It's important to say no. It's important to have boundaries. You can love people and still say no. And in fact, that teaches them how to love themselves and honor themselves too. So this isn't about giving so much that you burn out. Um, I want to talk about that really quick. Um, I know we got to wrap up, but yeah. for those listeners who aren't clear on what a boundary is, so 
Um, obviously, Davina and I are in this transformational world and we love it. But for those of you who aren't clear on what a boundary is, a boundary is basically setting a line and standing up for for yourself. Yes. So for example, since we've given the example of veganism, if you're a vegan and your family is heavy meat eaters and maybe your mom makes a comment like, oh, well, you know, it's my, my Christmas ham and, and how could you? And you know, it's a family tradition. Then a healthy boundary would be like, you know what, mom, your cooking is great. I love your Christmas ham, but for me, I'm a vegan and, and this doesn't go with my values and morals. Yeah. So just drawing a line, you don't have to insult the person. Nope. And say, well, you know, you're killing animals and you're a horrible person and how dare you? Mm -hmm. It's just saying, for me, this is what I respect and choose to do and no thanks. Yes. So it's, it's not necessarily, you know, attacking the person and saying, well, you know, how could you be LGBT, blah, 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 or how could you eat meat or how could you... It's yeah. just saying, you know what? That's your thing. Yeah. But for me, this is my thing. That's right. That's right. We can set boundaries in a way that respect ourselves and others. Absolutely, yes. Rosie. Thank you for making that comment. Super important. I always assume everyone knows, but you know, then I'm like, wait a minute. You know, some people are not familiar. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is forgiveness. Like sometimes we won't let ourselves be happy. We won't let ourselves follow our hearts because there's things that we don't, we have not forgiven about ourselves. We have some unforgiveness towards ourselves. And it's really important that mm. you forgive yourself for everything. Forgive yourself for everything um, make amends if you need to uh, clean up your past whatever it is do what you need to do so that you can allow yourself to clean slate to have a clean slate yep and that includes this life and any past life because <laughs> I have people coming to me that are doing past life work because I do past life regressions and they're having trouble being happy in this lifetime because they did things in the past that they haven't forgiven themselves for past lives so forgive yourself for that also and forgiveness is actually one of the hardest things for some people someone you know they can forgive maybe a friend or a relative but they're holding a grudge against themselves for you know how quote-unquote dumb they were how stupid they were and that's our our relationship with ourselves is the most important to this to being authentic yes right you've got to heal the toxic shame uh so there's another book out there called conscious recovery by my friend tj woodward that i would highly recommend Um, because that's part of it too if if you have toxic shame in your life it can be hard to listen to your own self and and trust yourself again because you've done things or you've been shamed you know you're carrying shame so healing the shame is important forgiving other people Mm. because if we can't forgive others then again it's also hard to listen to our heart because that aspect of our heart is still closed off from us because unforgiveness is is a locked place in our heart. And holding grudges only hurts yourself because Absolutely. you're the one feeling the pain, the suffering, the emotion. The other person doesn't know what's happening. That's right. That's right. So being able to forgive, that doesn't mean that you make everything they did okay. Um, you know, and, and there may be people that you forgive and you even still need to like, you know, for example, if you know somebody, if somebody uh, sexually assaulted you or when you were a child and that mm-hmm. person is still out there, hey, maybe it's time to do that that CPS report that never got done, yeah. you know, because if they're still around other children. You um, can, and you could also forgive someone and not be in contact with them. Absolutely. That's very important. You know, if somebody sexually assaulted you or hurt you, you can have forgiveness in your heart for them, but that doesn't mean you need to talk to them or be friends with them or be near them. Exactly. <laughs> they can still be toxic over there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so the, very important distinctions, but that forgiveness is is so powerful. And, and we've seen that. I mean, if you're familiar with Opono Opono, um, hopefully I'm saying that right. The, um, I'm sorry. Hawaiian. Yeah. yeah it's the Hawaiian forgiveness and, uh, and it, uh, thank you. I love you. Please forgive me. Um, I just wanted to make that distinction because I think some people means think that forgiveness means letting someone back in your life and it can, it can it's mean your choice. That. 
but forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean letting that person back in your life. Right, exactly. Yeah. You can but, still forgive someone, they can be a, far away. <laughs> yeah, so the, the Ho'oponopono forgiveness prayer is wonderful because it's also, you know, it's forgiving the person, it's also forgiving ourselves, and and you, you say that when you think about that person, and um, what they found was that, you know, it just, it, um, they did some studies with inpatient psychiatric um, folks and that it actually cleared energy. It cleared so many disturbances Baggage, that people yeah. are holding on to. Yeah. You have to look that up. That, that didn't sound very scientific on my part, but look it up. <laughs> you like, can read about it. Okay. It's really cool. It's amazing. She knows what she's talking about. It's she's an expert. Forgiveness. Davina, how can people find you online? How can people find the book? How can people buy this amazing book? And how can people maybe get some life coaching from you? Fantastic question. Um, thank you for asking it. So they can go uh, to where bookstores are sold. Wait, no, not where bookstores are sold, where books are sold. <laughs> and uh, they can get a copy of the book. Are you on um, Amazon? I'm on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Powell's, uh, Perfect. any bookstore. Yeah. So it's it's never too late to be yourself. Follow your inner compass and take back your life. You can also go to my website, which is davinakatolsky.com. We'll have links with spelling. <laughs> and um, you can click on a new book and you can download a free chapter. Awesome. And there's also a way to a link to, to buy the book from uh, from there. It's available in Kindle and paperback. And hopefully soon um, I'll get an audio book out there as well. And then um, what else? If you want to work with me, there's a, a consultation thing on my website. You can also go to followyourcourageousheart.com. And there's a free course there if you want to start working oh, with me awesome. now for free. <laughs> <laughs> All that, that stuff is out there for you. Well, we're really, really excited about the book, guys. Go on outoftheboxpodcast.com if you couldn't remember all of that. And we will have links to all of Davina's works, websites, and information for you to follow her. And I really hope all of you guys follow your courageous heart and follow you. your compass <laughs> and be authentic because Davina is absolutely right. With all the negativity in the world, we need more positive, conscious, yes. and enlightened people. So whether or not you purchase the book, we would love for you to join that journey. Guys, go on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast and leave a positive comment. Positive comments are the number one way that other people find out about the podcast. As always, we're on Stitcher and SoundCloud. I'm on Twitter at Funny Rosie. And this has been Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran.